Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me this week. My motivational quote for today, it's a little long, but it's a good one. My motivational quote for today is by Michael Josephson, and it says, The world has enough beautiful mountains and meadows, spectacular skies and serene lakes. It has enough lush forests, flowered fields, and sandy beaches. It has plenty of stars and the promise of a new sunrise and sunset every day. What the world needs more what the world needs more of is people to appreciate and enjoy it. It's the holiday time of year again where we feel all warm and toasty inside, or do we? The character Ebenezer Scrooge was created to depict, depict that grumpy person who sees only the bad in the world, even around the holidays. We understand this point of view every day as we watch the news and all the crazy, horrific things that are going on around the world. Why do we behave so? Perhaps the missing ingredient is as simple as one word, gratitude. If we can all just stop each day briefly to see the good and wonderful things around us, just maybe the world would really be a better place. Can you contribute to the shift simply by being grateful? My guest today is T.J. Woodward. He is an author, speaker, addiction counselor, TV and radio show host, and he has a new book, Conscious Being, which is an insightful guide for rediscovering your essential nature and living an intentional and awakened life. T.J. is going to help us figure out how powerful gratitude is and how easy it is to be in a state of gratitude all the time. I'm really excited to introduce T.J. So, T.J., thank you so much for being on the show. This is your second debut. Well, thank you, Connie, and I had so much fun with you. We had such a great conversation last time on the show. I'm so looking forward to talking about gratitude today. Yeah, and, and you and I, when we, we taped the show, it was a couple of months ago, and we chatted about, wow, we should do something for the Thanksgiving slash holiday season because people get so caught up in the whirlwind of just shopping and baking, and plus you still have your regular life, you know, with that layered on top, and we forget to stop and just be grateful for what we have and, and all the blessings and good health and, and all those things. So we, we both talked about it. I'm really glad that we both followed through. So let's kick it off. What do you think, what is the role of gratitude in this whole awakening process that we talk about at the universe, you know, the whole world that, that's awakening? Well, I, it feels to me that it's fundamental because as your beautiful quote said in the beginning, you know, all around us is this beautiful world and we have a lens that we're looking through the world and we're filtering from our own perception. We literally see different things based on our level of gratitude, based on our ability to actually appreciate, appreciate what we have, appreciate what is beautiful in the world. And I know as, as the conversation goes on, we're going to talk about what gratitude is. You know, I think it, it often gets misunderstood, especially now that we've just done Thanksgiving. And, you know, we, that's where we, in air quotes, think we should feel grateful. So we might at the, at the dinner table list five things we're grateful for and then move on to the dinner, right? So we're talking about something quite different than that form of gratitude, although that's useful as well. Yeah, and, and, you know, I loved that quote, and it was a little longer than usually I put out there. 
because um, I really want to get people engaged right out of the gate. The, the thing for me, though, is I have always um, noticed the, the beauty and the sunsets and from when I was a kid, and I remember in our high school, across from the, um, the, you know, there's a road, and then across the street is this beautiful open field. There's no buildings on it, and it backs up against uh, Holmesdale Park, which is a beautiful park. And one day, and I'm in high school. I was probably 16 at the time. And I remember coming off the bus, coming in, and my mom always, you know, hey, how was your day? What's going on? And I remember walking in and going, I saw the most beautiful thing today from the window in school. And she looked at me like, well, what would you see? <laughs> and it was, it was funny because it was fall. It must have been October, November. And across the street, all the trees that were in the park just were at their most vibrant color, uh, you know, the orange and the reds and the yellows. And it was just, and the way the light hit it, I can still remember it. Isn't that funny? It's still in my memory, so clear to me as I'm even describing it. And I remember, like, <gasps> taking my breath away. Now I'm in class or history or whatever the class was, like, pay attention. But for that moment when I looked out, it, it literally took my breath away. So when I came home that day, instead of saying, oh, the teacher was stupid, you know how kids are. I came home and I'm talking about this beauty across the street of the trees and just like it spoke to me and how my heart stopped. And my mom looked at me and she goes, yeah, you always notice like rainbows and sunsets. And to me, it's, it's a connection. And I guess my lens, I, I notice that and I try to point it out for my kids. But how many people put those tunnel vision, you know, like the side tunnel vision like you do on a horse, that we don't look around and see the beauty. It's, it's kind of tragic, you know? Yeah, and, and what you're describing is a perfect example of an awakened moment, you know, that moment where we absolutely, you, it sounds like you were absolutely present with the experience and you were able to see the beauty. And that really is at fundamentally the awakened state. We have absolute presence and appreciation for whatever's in that moment. Of course, you know, beautiful trees and, and having that experience that really opens our heart. I want to reference something that you spoke to, and it's, it's really powerful and it's very timely when you talk about the blinders on the horse. Mm -hmm. I recently was facilitating a workshop, and we were talking about uh, awakening to our true nature, because that's the uh, subtitle of my book, Awakening to Our True Nature. And people were asking what that meant. And I was for whatever reason, in the moment, I came up with rec recognizing that we are domesticated. The Four Agreements calls it the domestication of the human, and I absolutely love that because I used a horse as an example because a horse, when we, when we train a horse or we tame a horse, we call it breaking its spirit. Mm. So we're, we're quite literally doing that to a horse, and then we put blinders on, and then we put a saddle on, and we ride it. It's not its intended purpose, right, on this planet. It's not what it came in here to do. Human, the human uh, experience is very similar to that. If you look at a small child, they're always looking at the beauty of that tree, right? They're experiencing everything with such awe and connection. And then for whatever reason, we get domesticated with all these other ideas, these ideas about competition and right and wrong and, you know, entering the holidays, as you said, we all, so many of us naturally switch into this I have to do it mode and yes. we actually miss what's right in front of us. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I've started already, you know, with my husband. Um, he put the lawn furniture away over the weekend. The landscaper cleaned the bed so it'll look nice. We could put the lights out. 
I'm like, oh, we bought the lights. I want them on the deck. Can you do it this weekend? And he looked at me like, oh, my God, my to-do list is ginormous, and you want less lights on the deck because it's right outside of my dining room. I'm like, oh, it looks so pretty when we're having dinner. And he looked at me and he goes, you need to chill. I'm like, yeah, I do, don't I? Like, it's already, <laughs> I can already feel the momentum of I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, because I, I host um, Christmas Eve. You're exactly right. And that's why I thought that our show, and we talked about this, isn't it funny when we were in a clearer state of mind in September or the end of August, um, but it's here, it's upon us. And I'm sure everybody is feeling the same thing as us. Oh, my God, I got to get it done. I got to get it done. And we're, we're missing, I like how you said that, what's right in front of us. And the other thing, that we've been domesticated. What a, a commentary that we, we are, our spirit is broken. I would yeah. hate to, I, I hate to think of us as that, but we are so programmed by society. It's, um, you, you see it, and, and I'll just share one more story, the experience. When my kids were little, um, the one teacher, they both were fortunate enough to have second grade teacher's name was Mike Braun, who I just adore. Great second grade teacher, a guy, a real girly guy too. Anyway, he um, loved writing, so he asked me to come in and do a writing workshop with the kids because another set of hands with little second graders, right, is helpful. So I would go every Monday for 40 minutes. I would block out my day, which was fortunate that I had my business then that I was able to do that. And I remember the kids coming up to you and they talk about their father farting or their mother burping and, you know, at the dinner table and my mom cursed yesterday and, and there's no agenda, there's no filter, there's no, or I mean, the parents probably wish there was, but the innocence of being with them was so rewarding for me because then, you know, you go back into to corporate life, right, and work life with adults and other women that, you know, you do volunteering with. Everybody has their agenda and kids don't. So that purity, we're, we really are programmed. And I, I don't know, do, do you think people see that? Well, I think you spoke to something so powerful when you said, isn't it sad? And, and I think you might have said, I don't want to believe that, but it does seem true. That no. actually is a really powerful moment when we can recognize that we've all been walking around unconscious or asleep by these programs that we were received by other people that were unconscious and asleep, and it's been going on for generations. So yeah. that moment where we say, wow, isn't this sad? You know, it's really, it really is, and to have the full impact of that can be a very pivotal point for us because we actually do have the ability to wake up from that dream or wake up in that dream and change the way we're living to, to really clear those lenses so that we can return to a place of awe and wonder. And I think, you know, the holiday season is such a perfect example because at the root of it, you know, we sing songs and hear about awe and wonder and presence and love and most of us are running around trying to figure out how we check off the list and get the lights just right. And I mean, it's, it's such an amazing paradox. So, I mean, I think if there's anything we say today, it's that gratitude is actually a state of being. And I'd love to talk more about that. It's, it's not making a list of things we're grateful for. Yeah. What, so what does gratitude mean to you or how can you define it for everyone listening? Well, I think gratitude has a couple different meanings. I don't want to dismiss the power of being grateful for things because I think it's a great entry point. You mm -hmm. know, we, we, we often hear of gratitude journals, and I think, mm -hmm. early in my, um, I think early in my development or my awakening, I guess, if you will, 
it, it, that was an effort for me because I was looking at what was wrong. I was always looking at what was wrong. I was always what, looking at what I needed to do or I should have done better. And uh, the very act of writing down 10 things in the morning that I'm grateful for and at night writing down 10 things that, to say thank you to whatever we identify as, as source or power or God, you know, making that list and shifting the mind to see the things to be grateful for. But to me, gratitude now is actually a state of being. It's a way of being in the world, which is it's not just looking for things to be grateful for, but recognizing that when we, you know, you could say undomesticate ourselves, right? And, and I really sure. do mean that because as we let go of and clear away all those programs and all those false beliefs and, and, and the lies really that we've believed about the world, that state of wonder and presence is actually our natural state. So then gratitude becomes a way of being. That, okay, so that makes perfect sense. I, I don't think that the average Joe on the street has the ability, and I'm not putting anyone down, that's certainly not my intent, but I don't think at the core people know how to almost, if I'm understanding this, unlearn and relearn or undo and redo all of that programming and you know if I heard you correctly too for you that shift you started by literally writing down in the a.m. first thing 10 things you were grateful for and then at night the 10 things during the day perhaps that you were even it could have been a cup of coffee right that you were grateful for and that right. began your shift uh, of consciousness did I understand that correctly Absolutely, because this, the first step for me was to recognize, just like your quote said, that this beauty was happening all around me and, quite frankly, within me, but I wasn't looking for that. You know, it was like Velcro. I was like a, a negativity Velcro. So, like, anything that was wrong was sticking to me, and I could see that so clearly. And, you know, that at one point I found a place of compassion because, quite frankly, that's what I was taught. And so many of us are, you know, find the problem, come up with a solution. And so – entering this new way of being where we're actually present and, and finding a way to be grateful. And, and I agree, it is a process. And I think sometimes we might do a disservice to someone to say, well, gratitude's a way of being, so go do it. So I think the how right. is important, and I'd love to right. talk more about that. Yeah, and, and this is a great place. We'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, because I'm all about the how-tos, I, I think people listen or read something, and they go, oh, yeah, I need to do that. And then they go on with their day, they, they clean the kitchen up, they throw laundry in, or they leave for work, whatever it is, and they get wrapped up in their day again, and then they forgot about what they read or heard because there were no action steps or those call to actions, as I like to say, um, for people to say, oh, yeah, okay, I love that. That makes sense to me. Oh, so I need to do this. This is my first step. So we'll take a break. When we come back, I'm dying to hear the how-tos because I think that gives people tangible things um, that they say, I can do it or I can't do it, you know, or I choose not to do it. That's a whole different discussion, but at least we give them something to bite on to, um, to implement. So let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about that. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. 
Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back with TJ Woodward, and we are talking about uh, gratitude, and the name of the show is what I'm calling it, is The Grateful Heart. And um, we just talked about the awakening process. We talked about kind of what gratitude means, and, and really it's, it's, it's a presence. It's being in the moment, it, being present. What, what are some how-tos to get people from, I have no clue, I'm, I'm, I'm the walking dead, right, in real life, um, for the, everybody who watches that show, but I'm the walking dead in real life. How do I shift my paradigm of thinking? Yeah, thank you. And I think it starts with a recognition or a framework that this isn't about attaining a state of gratitude, but about returning to our natural state. And I think that fundamental knowing really is a, a big turning point because I actually thought I need to learn how to be grateful. I need to learn how to be grateful. And, and, and my mind was like, how can I be grateful? You know, and this process, it actually was preventing me from this, this present moment awareness. So simply recognizing that the concept is about unlearning rather than learning can be a really powerful mm -hmm. first step. And mm -hmm. then some of the other, you know, I, I did a practice, you know, uh, it's an engaged Buddhism practice where as I'm walking, I'm saying, what does it feel like to have my foot on the floor? What does it feel like to wash this dish? What am I seeing now? What am I hearing now? So it's all the mindfulness and the present moment awareness. And then very simply asking myself a question, a question, what can I see that I'm grateful for? So again, it started externally, right? So what in my life can I be grateful for? Who are those people that I can be grateful for? I remember you were talking about a teacher, and, and early in my practice, I remember a high school teacher that really saw me. She really accepted and loved me just the way I was. And I always remember her and always remember the being in her presence. And so I thought, well, that's what I can be grateful for. Then the uh -huh. next step for me is what do I need to unlearn in order to return to this state of presence? So I invite myself to ask questions. Where did I first get this belief? You know, our mind is very active. It may have, you know, a lot of things it wants to say about myself and the world. And I'm myself to ask questions and open up to more possibility. So, okay, when you asked yourself, where did I learn this? Really, it starts when we're, we're little kids. So how do you remember, like, where it originated from? Do you know what I'm saying? I think that would be hard. Yeah, so, so I'm so grateful you're saying that, Connie, because that's really what happens in the mind, right? If I ask the question, where did I first learn this? my mind quickly jumps in and says, once I figure that out, dot, 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 right? Then I'll right, be there. Right. And so it, it's not so much about coming up with the answer, but it's about opening up and saying, wow, this belief that I've been carrying around all my life may not even be true. Where did I get this? Simply asking that question opens us up to an expanded self or an expanded awareness saying, 
wonder, I wonder, and then I might say to myself, I wonder if that's not even true. And what, what else might be possible here? You know, and so it just opens us up to um, not being stuck in the, the old programming, the old way of being we've always walked around with. And it's funny because, you, you know, see now how literally I took that. So how many other people listening go, well, yeah, okay, if I ask that, how do I figure out where it started? Exactly. Really, the origin, the origin doesn't matter. It's not literal. It's just saying, well, wait, I wonder, God, as long as I can remember I've been thinking that way, maybe it's not true. And right. you know what? If it's not true, I should just let this go because I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like how guilty I feel. You know, whatever, whatever that, that side effect is or that side emotion. The other I thing love, I love – go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I love where you're going with that because that might be my next – my next question, how does it feel when I believe this thought? What happens when I believe this thought? So, you know, for many of us or for most of us, we're walking around not knowing we're even having the internal dialogue. So opening up to even listening to the mind and what it does is a first step. And then I say, where did I first believe this? Start to dismantle some of that and then ask, is it even true? And then say, who would I be without this belief? Who would I be without this thought? And then my favorite question of all, when in doubt, I say, what else is possible here? What else is possible? It opens me up to a new way of being and seeing that's really powerful. You know, and and I hope everybody listening realizes that this it's work it's self work it's not it's not you know going out and breaking you know concrete with it with a pick you know an axe or whatever um <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not what i'm saying hard right you know what i mean it's like hard work i want to do hard work it's that mental um emotional hard work and the other thing i, I like what you're saying or that at least it's resonating with me so I'll make believe, like, again, I'm the listener here, right, trying to, to get clarity of what we're talking about, because this is not an easy concept. I don't think it's an easy concept to just say, you know, gratitude is just being present, and gratitude is just being. You know, what does that mean? So it's, it's a little confusing, and I get that. The other thing, I think, is that when you were describing how to unlearn and, and think, well, where did this come from? And maybe it's not serving me. And how do I feel? And, you know, maybe I could feel better, right? What else is possible? I love that question, by the way. The, the other you. thing is we use, you, you mentioned all your senses. What am I seeing right now? What am I feeling? What am I touching in this moment? Um, I'm a textile person. I like, um, you know, like if you go to a store, I like chenille, like the way that feels in my hand. So I, I'm a texture person, a textile person. I realize that. Um, it I, I senses, smell. I, I can smell something and it'll throw me back to something when I was a child and, and I literally will smile, you know, because uh, it, it brings back a fond mem- memory. So I think that using our senses, like my... my um, epiphany or awakening that, as you said, looking out of the, the high school classroom and seeing this just beautiful, um, you know, the trees, the, the landscape for me moved me, right? So it's, I think all of the emotions led to that. Is that, did I understand that correctly? Is that true? Uh, absolutely. I love what you're, what you're saying about having that, you know, felt sense memory, because I'm guessing that those memories took you back to a time when you were, were more present, were more in awe, were more in, in your natural state of gratitude. And, and I do appreciate that you're saying that it's work. And, and I think sometimes I had a friend offer me, that, you know, can you please come up with a different word than saying do in our work? Because who wants to work, right? And so <laughs> it's I, true. And, and I, 
you know, I've come up with a couple things. I could say expansion. I could say uh, awakening. I could say evolution. So in our evolution is a commitment to really being present with noticing that inner dialogue. I want to speak also to a couple other how-tos because I think it's important. The first one may seem so obvious that I want to say that it's really crucial, and that is surrounding ourselves with people that get it, that are on this path, that are committed to it. It doesn't mean we have to go be around everyone that's all awakened. It means that any of us, that anyone in our lives that are committed to also doing this expansion, that could be spiritual community, that could be an organization of people that are, you know, have common interests, but it could be a good friend where you're reading a book together, you know, book studies, anything where we're in this conversation and we have support for our own, what I would say support for our own undoing. Because this really is a commitment. As you said, it starts with a decision, but then it's a constant, um, you know, I had a great teacher once say to me, there are three steps to awakening. One is awareness, two is awareness, and three is awareness. So it's truth? always about what's happening. It's the truth. And then surrounding ourselves with people that are dedicated to that as well is a crucial, uh, I think, a crucial component. It, you know, I, work, I have a, a trainer that I work out with, and we've been working together for a few months. And because as I'm aging, you know, things are achy, and, and I want to I keep my body strong. So to me, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't know how to do that, right? So I, I hired someone, and she's wonderful. And we talk a lot about... Um, that mental thought process. Uh, like one day she came in and she's launching a book and, and uh, an online class in addition to doing the personal training. And she's like, you know, I was in such a funk this weekend and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it is. It's hard to launch, you know, because I can relate as a business owner, right? So I'm like, yeah, I know. And I, I looked at her at one point and she goes, what? What are you thinking? And I, as I'm working out and I'm cursing her under my breath because the weights are 20-pound weights and I want to do the 5-pound weights because they feel better. And so as we're, we're joking around, I said to her, you know, it's funny. I go, listen to our conversation. How many people are unaware that they had a bad day and why they had the bad day and that you need to stop to have the bad day so that you could push through and create this product and, and write, finish writing her book and, and all of this stuff. And she looked and she goes, oh, my God, you're right. And I said, aren't we lucky <laughs> that, that we can identify in ourselves? Like, stop being a freaking baby, pull up your big girl panties, and move on. You know, that kind of um, tough love to ourselves. But we realize that those negative thoughts creep into our head, and we, we won't allow it. But it takes work. To think about it. So how many people don't even know that they're having the negative thoughts? Yeah, and that's most of us, right? Most of us are walking around not recognizing that we do that, and then we blame the externals for what's happening in our lives. You know, we can say, I had a bad day because of X, Y, and Z, but really, what might happen? And then that's the other thing I want to talk about with gratitude. How often have we had a difficult experience in our past, and then we look back and say, even though that was incredibly painful, it was so transformative and it opened me up to this or that and it really changed me. So what about being grateful for all of it, including the things that seem difficult, including the things that are painful? And I love that you're talking about, you know, you're really talking about bringing awareness around to our thoughts and the words we use because, you know, a perfect example is, you know, it rained last weekend here and, people can easily say, oh, isn't it wonderful it's raining or isn't it horrible it's raining? The rain itself is actually quite neutral. You know, it's not here to do anything to us. It's what I call it that creates the experience of rain. I personally love the rain. 
I love to be in the rain. I love to be in the sunshine. Once I made that, like, wow, what would it be like? And that's another question I love. What would it be like if I just decided I was going to love the rain and the sun? It'd be beautiful all the time for you. Inside, you you would see the beauty every day, whether it's raining or or sunny out. Yeah, it's a wonderful way to live. It's it's a wonderful way to live. Um, I love it. So two of two of your big questions again, the how tos is what else is possible if I if I stop thinking that that possibly isn't serving me or whoever taught me that wherever I learned it. You know what? Maybe it's wrong. So what else is possible if I let that go? Love that one. And then yeah. um, what was the, the last one you just said? I like I like to say, what would it be like if? And then I just fill in the blank. What would it be like if I decided I loved my job? What would it be like if I decided to talk more to my partner about what's really going on? You know, we can fill in the blank with anything. What would it be like? And I love that. Yeah, because that allows us to think of the alternatives, almost the alternate universe of I hate my job, how can I shift that? Um, it, it's funny because I think I think a lot of people that I speak with, they really do hate their job or they hate their boss or they hate the, the direction of the company. And my, my response to them is all the time, well, can you can you control that? Can you control yeah. the company's strategic plan? Can you control your boss? So and they go well, no well okay so what can you control and they go well yeah. me and then well okay so can't you control <laughs> it's you know but you take people through the thought and they go oh and then I say well just control how you respond to that situation so if you come back antagonizing or walking away from your boss under your breath you know you're a jerk and you know you're walking away feeling bad you're gonna feel bad for the rest of the day maybe walk away and say well. He's the boss. I don't agree. This is what he wants me to do. You know what? Let me just do it. It's not really affecting my day. But that, yeah. again, it's that, it's that thought process of, of seeing it, seeing it, that it's there, and then saying, you know what? I, I choose not to give into it. You know what? I, I want to shift my paradigm of thinking, saying, what would it be like if? So I'm going to use, I'm going to use that. You know that. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Connie. Yeah. And it's interesting. I had someone say to me one time, when I'm in a situation that I'm not happy with, I have two choices. One, do what I can to change it. Mm. Two, do what I can to accept it. But the third option, I cannot stay there and complain about it. That's what he offered me. And I thought, okay, I can do that. I can either look to see what I can change or look to see what I can accept. You know, and sometimes the answer is what would it be like to go get a different job? But more often than not, it's more about what would it be like for me to try to make an internal change in order for me to find happiness here i could say what would it take right now for me to be happy yeah and you know what's so funny when you realize that and you change inside so really when you change inside what happens the world sees you differently because you're different you're totally a different person so what happens that bad boss all of a sudden is talking to you respectfully or is coming to you and saying, hey, what do you think about this? And you think to yourself, wow. And I, I do tell people that, you know, you have more power than you think over those around you by what you put out there. So your energy, your, your vibration, your energy, whatever you want to call it, has a reaction. So what is the reaction that you're putting, what energy are you putting out there to get the reaction that you're saying it's always negative? Well, maybe you're the, you're the cause. Yeah, <laughs> the cause absolutely. and effect, right? It's, it's yeah, crazy. absolutely. Um, we, we literally have like one minute left. Is there anything else that you'd like to share, especially at this wonderful holi holiday time of year, PJ, that people can walk away with um, 
to keep it simple for them to try? I think the simple thing is for us to ask the question, what can I be grateful for right in this moment? Or even, even a better question might be, how can I be gratitude in this moment? How can I be the one to bring something into this situation to be grateful for? It's a practice. It's a practice to notice our thoughts and then open it up to say, what would it be like if I was just, what would it be like if I was simply grateful right now? Yeah. And, and you know what's so funny? As I said, it's work. And, and I love expansion. And what was the other word? Um, awakening. I know that one. But what was the other one? Ex- expansion. Evolution. And me- Evolution. Evolution. Oh, yeah. I love that. I just love that. Because really, we do, don't, don't we want to evolve? I know I want to constantly evolve and become the better version of myself. So yeah. I, I, I love that. What would, I, what would it be like if I could just be grateful for me? Yeah, for all of it. Yeah, for all of that I bring to the table and not beat myself up for all my flaws. And and you know what's funny too, and, and I say this a lot when, when I train, you know, everybody goes, oh, I'm not good at that, or I'm not good at that. And I go, you know what? All of our flaws is what makes us individuals, and that's really what makes us so beautiful, each of us so beautiful because of those flaws. Yeah, absolutely. And that when we have a, the willingness to bring our authentic self into the room, remarkable things happen and much more connection, much more um, authenticity. We get to see our oneness then. Yeah, and it's just depth. I mean, we just bring depth to the world, to those around us, and certainly to, um, you know, the, just the vibration of the whole earth. I think we, we, bring, we bring good stuff in, and, you know, hopefully we get good stuff out. Our, our, really, our, our time is up, TJ, but I have to say thank you so much, and I really, I am, I am grateful. <laughs> that we were able to do this show, especially at this, just for me, this is a wonderful time of year. I love being around my family, um, stopping and sitting in my extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, and and all of that. So for me, that's that's a true blessing in and of itself that I have them all, you know, still present. It's it's awesome, right? So, um, yeah, so that's great. So I think we both wish everyone just a wonderful holiday season filled with joy, and happiness and love and and just all good things inside. Um, Agreed? Agreed. Happy holidays, everyone. Yes, awesome. Um, Also, everyone, I will post TJ's um, website, which is www.tjwoodward.com. So T-J-W-O-O-D-W-A-R-D.com on the webtalkradio.net platform. So you guys can hook in, connect with him, by the book. Um, uh, the book is also on Amazon, correct? Don't you sell it on Amazon, Conscious Being? Correct, yes, Conscious Being. Conscious Being by T.J. Woodward. So, um, again, go to the website, and, and he'll direct you through the website on how to get the book if you're interested. Um, T.J., seriously, thank you so, so much for being on. Um, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Connie. It's a pleasure for me as well. Yes, and happy, happy holidays to you and your family also. Thank you all for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful week, and open your mind to the possibility of being grateful. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time